This is Mike Hoops here for an episode two presented by Night Hoops. Night Hoops is a charity organization in Vancouver, BC, empowering youth and communities through an inclusive basketball program. In 1996, the program was created to provide a constructive recreational opportunity for teens on Friday and Saturday nights. So in 2021, we're here on your Friday night uh, during unprecedented times, hosting conversations with members of the Vancouver basketball community about the impact basketball and programs like Night Hoops has had on their journeys. My name is Kavita Dillon, one of the co-hosts for the show here with... I'm Evan Simons. Thank you everybody for listening to our first episode. Uh, it was a huge hit and we just wanted uh, everyone to let us know if there's anything you want to hear uh, in our ongoing episodes. So let us know on Night Hoops on Instagram through the comments or DMs. All-Star Weekend is coming up. Are you excited, Evan? I am. I'm pumped. Kind of a fun, fun fact. It always seemed that All-Star Weekend, like usually the game's on, on a Sunday, but the it's always seemed that the three-point contest and the dunk contest were on a Saturday. So I think for like four years in a row, I watched like the three-point contest and the dunk contest, like with my Night Hoops team mm. in like a game, in like the games room at Hastings Community Center before our Night Hoops game. That's super cool. Like, I remember SWAT, we watched, like, the Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine go at each other that one year, which was nuts, and we were all freaking out. Like, I think, I think like, it was literally right before our game, and we were trying to delay warm-up as long as possible because they just kept going at it with 50 after 50. It was crazy. I mean, that's a way to get pumped up before a game is you get to see, you know, what you what a lot of basketball uh, players aspire to be as great um, as some of those rising stars. 100%. Yeah, there's five. So half of the world roster are Canadian this year. There's five of them. I have it right here. There's Nikhil Alexander-Walker, RJ Barrett, Brandon Clark, Lugans Dort, and Michael Mulder. So some big names. Um, it's super exciting. Okay, our second guest is a former Night Hoops player and coach. She played university basketball for Santa Barbara College and Thompson Rivers University in BC before going on to play professional basketball in Germany. She's the co-founder of Day One Basketball. Uh, welcome, Jen Ju. Thanks for coming. Thank you for having me. So why don't you just tell us a bit about you, yourself, and your, your journey in Vancouver basketball so far? Uh, my name is Jen, and uh, we're going to jump right into Vancouver basketball. It, like I was telling you um, a little before, I think that Vancouver is such a small um an intimate scene for basketball but it's totally. it's you know a lot of people play it but um it, it's it needs a lot of work in that uh, there are a lot of programs but a lot more people need to invest in you know the, the athletes in the city and mm -hmm. make it so that athletes have more access to programs especially you know uh, i am passionate more about like the downtown east side um kids right and i think that there needs to be a lot more accessible programs like night hoops Totally. Um, in order to, you know, support and, and help these athletes flourish. Um, yeah, but my journey, I, I played for Night Hoops in uh, the 12th grade. I played for Cassidy on an all-boys team. And uh, I, went to, I went to Britannia and Strathcona on the east side. I grew up on the east side. And then right. I ended up, like you said, going to Santa Barbara Uni University um, in Kamloops, Thompson Rivers. And then I went to play professionally in Germany. 
Awesome. And it looks like um, you've recently been working or kind of starting your career in education. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing in that area, your career wise, and, and kind of what motivated you to go in that direction? Yeah, uh, I mean, when I went, to, when I was in high school, I received a lot of support from uh, people who really believed in uh, my ability to play and me as a person. And so I always felt this uh, uh, desire to give back to my own community and for those who uh, need it and to just support um, student athletes in particular that really can can use assistance. Um, and part of why I decided to go into um, education is that I wanted to teach in mainstream high school where there's more access to uh, people and athletes. And I think that there, uh, there's opportunity or potential to make a greater impact. Uh, before this, I was working in special education where I was usually, um, mostly working with kids with autism. And um, the, the field is very difficult and mm -hmm. um, I loved it, but uh, there, there was a part uh, maybe two years ago where I felt like it was um, too much for me in terms of like my mental health and whatnot. And so, um, you know, I, I played around with uh, different things a little bit to see what I was, you know, really passionate about. And that's when, uh, actually it was three years ago, that's when I founded uh, Day One. And then I decided that I needed um, to pursue something with more access to kids. So high school. Nice. Yeah, education. That's Love amazing. It. Yeah, you you touched briefly on Night Hoops and of course Cassidy, who was our last guest. Do you have a, a fondest memory from that you're playing or maybe from from when you when you coached afterwards? Oh my goodness. Uh, lots of fond memories on that team uh, because, you know, the dynamic between uh, females and males are very different, especially in high school. And being the only uh, girl in the league, of course, um, there was a lot of attention directed at mm -hmm. me. And so when, when I played, uh, you know, there were a lot of fond memories created because people would try to, uh, I don't know, like take it easy on me or something mm -hmm. like that. Like the, yes. the men, mm -hmm. like no offense to the men, but I would, I would, I would roll them. You know, because that like I was had pretty good handles and part of the team's uh, kind of goals for me, <laughs> the goals for me um, was to to see if I could cross people up on the court and stuff like that. And it was really, you, you know, it was it was really driven by a lot of ego on on our team. But but it was really fun because I think uh, part of what made me so competitive is being put in situations like that where I was playing beyond my abilities, right? Like being able to uh, play against people who are, who are a lot better than me athletically in terms of strength. And um, yeah, the, the, the guys that were on that team were also extremely talented. Most of them went to play in university and, you know, being able to practice against them. Like I was, totally. I was dunked on a bunch in <laughs> yeah. practice, you know, like my, the ball would be stolen from me a lot. And so like, I really learned, I think to, um, to strategize uh, in basketball through uh, playing with those guys. For sure. I think that's really awesome that you touched on this too, because it is sort of the, the month for uh, celebrating women. I got to play um, when Night Hoops was co-ed too. Um, and it, it, I think like, you know, in, in some conversations I've been a part of with this 
um, celebrating women recently, you know, a question has come up a lot from a few guys being, how can we, um, how can we be allies and how can we support women? And I think just, just from this conversation, one thing I would definitely say is, is give women the credibility without, um, you know, them having to prove it. Like once they walk on the court, give them the same credibility as any other athlete that you come across. So, um, great sort of circular, able to kind of bring it in and touch it, touch it to the month that we're in too. Um, you know, what's really interesting too, that, uh, when you mentioned that, who's, who's the, um, founder of Nike, uh, his name? So Chad has been sort of the Chad. operational, yeah, running it for, yeah. for a while. Yeah. So when I was, um, actually put on the men's team in the men's, in the boys league at night hoops, so many teams refused to allow me to play. Mm. And they, really? there was like a little vote or something going on. Right. Mm. And, um, you know, a lot of the teams said, no, like, um, you can't have a, a girl playing the, mm -mm. the guy side and whatnot, but Chad, I believe it was Chad was the one that said, you know what, let her play, mm -hmm. right. Let her play. And, and. I, I remember uh, Cassidy coming to tell me that, oh, they, they let you play kind of thing. And then like, that was a moment for me where I felt like, okay, this is my opportunity to mm -hmm. really like prove myself because so many guys, um, you know, when they didn't allow me to play or didn't want me to play in that league was telling me that I wasn't good enough. Yeah. And that, you really? know, what's, what's the, yeah, what's the, what's the, uh, point of a girl coming to play against us it's not going to be good for her it's not going to be good for us kind of thing uh, right which is really interesting but I think it was Chad yeah. the one that made the um, made the decision to allow me to play to play it's interesting it awesome. because um, you know I think since its inception it was considered a co-ed league because it was it it's always intended to be an inclusive program so mm -hmm. I don't know kind of um, where along the way, maybe, you know, they got so used to seeing mostly guys that it was a surprise totally. when they saw you, but, um, mm -hmm. man, way to, way to get it, you know, continue to get up there in those situations and just show them like, because that can be, I was going to say, yeah, way to just kind of shove it back in their faces. Like that's so, that would be so frustrating. Like as a guy, I couldn't even imagine, but that's amazing that you were able to just turn it around and and go out and, and Cassidy told us like a couple of stories of you just like absolutely just just going off and not even not just fitting in but just like completely showing out in the league too and so that's what that's that's really uh, inspiring I think a lot of people can look up to that totally. thank you <laughs> um maybe maybe it relates to what we've been talking about but um what have you taken from your experience with night hoops and and maybe have been able to apply um with your work uh with Vancouver youth so many things, right? The, I mean, the premise of the program is to uh, take take vulnerable at-risk youth off the streets, right? And that is what it did for myself and a lot of people um, that I was hanging out with and, and my friends in high school and whatnot and kids today, right? Like, mm -hmm. um, you know, we practiced, I think it was like 10 o'clock at nighttime and whatnot, where, um, you know, at that time, you know, students would likely be tempted to do other things right mm -hmm. like um uh things that would probably lead to a a more uh, a negative path i mm -hmm. guess yeah. um and so like what i took from that is of course i was inspired to uh it was one of the inspirations for me to continue helping and supporting youth um 
by any means necessary kind of thing, right? Like night hoops is one of them, but being in education is um, another another way because you can directly impact these kids, right? They can see who you are, you can share your story, you can listen to their story and there's there's interaction there, right? Totally. And also like with, with night hoops, I think um, a lot of programs have, have uh, developed because of night hoops, like mm. some other programs that are really curated to, um, to sort of the same philosophies and, and methods that night hoops kind of started. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, for me, I, I was really appreciative of being able to um, stay on the right path, I guess, to, to practice and to do something that I love and not be tempted to do other things and uh, as well as be inspired to, to help youth and continue giving back to this community that really needs it. Totally. This is kind of a, a similar question, um, but of course, Night Hoops covers a lot of different uh, life skills in workshops and stuff. So like uh, you would have gone over them as a coach and a couple of times as a player too. So what have you kind of taken from those? So they go over like addiction, mental health, financial management, kind of a whole scale of things. But what do you kind of remember from those? And what did you take that into university, pro career, teaching? Um, I guess it isn't as common as uh, we think, but a lot of people can't relate to uh, these type of experiences, right? Like being able to encounter people with addiction or with mental health or mm-hmm. being able to understand um, the mentality that a lot of uh, East Side kids have, right? The, mm-hmm. This mentality of not being, uh, not uh, going to amount to anything because of their circumstances. And yeah. I, I think that, um, I, I think that there's a lot of value in being able to sh- just share these experiences mm. wherever you go. Like when I was in, um, you know, Santa Barbara, when I was in uh, Kamloops, when I was in Germany, you know, people would ask me, you know, where I'm from, what, what's it like? And, you know, being able to tell them like some of the things that happen allows them to gain perspective in how they can impact people that are maybe like that in their locale, mm. right? Mm. Or their immediate circles or their community and whatnot. So just That's being huge. able to, to share your experience, right? And to uh, even talk and, and help people who are maybe reaching out to you. Like even the kids that I coached, right? I understood that a lot of them came from broken homes or a lot of them were experiencing with uh, mental health uh, issues or, or um, addiction of some sort. Right. And being able to like show humility and allow them to relate to you being that like safe adult. I don't even know if I was an adult, but then <laughs> like, I don't know how old I was, but um, you're a wise young one. Wise young one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But like being able to like reach out and have them connect to you oftentimes allows them to maybe rethink uh, their decisions or have them actually be brave enough to to reach out for help. You know, it makes a it makes a real difference. So, just yeah, being able to share your stories, be relatable, and show humility with people who are battling those things. Totally, I love that. That's huge. Yeah, it's cool because you know you're like, okay, there's all these life skills. What did you take from it? But you're kind of sharing that it was it was really just that space that you had to share your story. Um, almost gave you confidence maybe to share your story, like you said, as you were out on your journey in Santa Barbara in Germany, which is huge for you to bring light to a community that people maybe don't think about in other communities in other parts of the world 
um, yeah. is super, super cool how far that impact has been able to go. Yeah. yeah well, being, sorry, Evan. Um, being being uh, able to, I guess, confront your past and being able to confront mm. like your demons and being able to share your story in an authentic and transparent way in a way that gets people to resonate with you is a life skill, right? Yeah. Like it's- 100%. You, you have to be able to- to talk about things that bothered you or hurt you or that you encountered that weren't, you know, mm. all butterflies and rainbows type of thing, right? It's it's an important skill to have to be able to be transparent and authentic about who you are. Totally. That gave me chills. That's beautiful. That's really beautiful. Yeah, I was gonna say kind of a similar thing. Like I'm in I'm in Ottawa right now. And it's it's like when I tell people I'm from like East Vancouver, there's sometimes like you get a look or you get like a what? Like I'm like I like I grew up like case like east hastings and you kind of just have to and i and for me it's, there's so much pride to it like it's i'm from east vancouver like it's not like uh it's it's i don't know but it's it's what you said there's a lot of pride to it there's a lot of expressing who you are and and trying to make it an impact coming back mm-hmm. around to it totally mm-hmm. um what do you feel or if you had one of these um, was your sort of I've made it moment um, or if not uh, what was sort of the most gratifying moment of your career your basketball career I've never had like an aha moment I've made it because generally speaking I'm just a very competitive person and I was never really satisfied it was always with, what's next yeah yeah mm. I was never really satisfied with like uh, achieving a goal I was just like okay got this one got to got to go What's to the next? next one kind of thing um but you know that's a little bit when I tell people that people think I'm a little bit crazy you know because <laughs> <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> when uh, when I watched the Jordan documentary on Netflix I was like I'm not anything like Jordan but I really understand what he means mm. when he's saying that he's really competitive and he really feels like I every moment when I was playing basketball you know when I when I had a career I really felt like I needed to annihilate my opponent mm. I really felt like every goal that I I had I, I had to have it like I, mm. I don't know how to explain it it was just this really there's a huge competitive edge that I had um but something that was really uh I mean I had a lot of wonderful moments right like um depending on what the time was you know being able to make playoffs with your team, being able to win a tournament with your team, being mm-hmm. able to, you know, just uh, see that your teammates uh, made their goals or something. Mm-hmm. It, it's something that, uh, you know, it, it was a, a big moment for me because I really believe in, um, you know, you are, what's that quote? Um, you're only as good as your mm. weakest teammate weakest, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Obviously, it was more eloquently put when I read it somewhere. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> but um, yeah, I really believe that, right? So whenever I am on a team, I always feel like um, extra, extra proud or extra happy or inspired or motivated. I really just feel that uh, those moments when, when my teammates have success as well. For sure. I just want to say, you know, it's funny... Um... Cause I remember being able to see you, like we, we played against each other in high school mm-hmm. and I feel like just the way you carried up that ball from backcourt to frontcourt, like you haven't even gone that far, but you, you always came with it. 
in that small moment where, you know, it looks like you have time, it looks like you have space, but you were coming with it. You had intention coming up that court. And I just remember like every time I would see you, I was like, she's, she's going to go somewhere. I don't know where she's going, but then to, you know, <laughs> kind of be able to follow you socially, um, you, you, like you had it, like you said, it's just kind of in you and, and it showed, it definitely showed um, when you would play on the court. I like saw red though like, <laughs> when I was in wow. when I was in high school like just just thinking about like when I did play you mm. I remember like it was 110% for 40 minutes like it I remember yeah. like not even like after the game how like after our games that we would be so well I would be so upset if we mm. lost or you know so like gung ho and happy when when we won but I remember during the game all I could see was like baskets, <laughs> my teammates, all I could feel was like, I got to get that. And it was, it was crazy thinking about it. Like, how did I ever have those feelings and like nothing else? Yeah. Right. Mm. Like after I had my career, I, I really had to come back and explore like who I, who I am mm. as mm. a person, because all I felt in my basketball career were those type of feelings where I felt like it was either you win or you lose nothing in between. Right. Yeah. And so it was, yeah, it was like psycho. Like when you saw me at that, at that time, I, I think it was just like a, it was great basketball wise because, you know, I was, you know, a hundred percent, but for me personally, I think it was a really unhealthy way of looking at things mm. and, and feeling mm. right. I literally, all I felt was like, I'm happy when we win. I'm upset when we lose nothing in between, mm. literally. That's no. so huge for young athletes just finding out who you are like other than sport like mine mine is baseball and I definitely had a moment and I think I was lucky enough that it came in high school but there was one year I was I was struggling I was doing terribly and I was ready to quit but then it's kind of like oh like what like who am I besides this what do I do where do I go what am I interested in and so it's, mm -hmm. I think it's really huge for athletes to to find what that is while you're while you're still in it before you like you said kind of have to take a step back there's definitely um you know in my sport management classes we've we've talked about this this is something that athletes definitely experience there for the majority of their younger lives into their sort of um elite competition um phase of their life they're so hyper focused on becoming the best athlete that they can and understanding the game and and growing that knowledge around the game and being around their teammates all the time that, that they go out of that, there's, you know, 30 for thirties, tons of them on, on just where these athletes can end up after that. Mm. Um, it's, if you don't mind, you, you mentioned that you did have that, that moment in time. And I think, um, something that Cassidy mentioned is you about just how you're very, um, forward about where you're at with your mental health. And we've been able to hear that already in this conversation. So if you don't mind, could you share a little bit about like, what that process was for you um, kind of maybe at the end of, I guess, where you felt you, you had to kind of do that work um, of whatever, I don't know if you want to call it reinventing yourself or, or kind of what. Finding myself? Yeah, sure. Basically, I was definitely really lost, right? Coming, coming back from uh, Germany, like, uh, first of all, like, I guess we would talk about my experience in Germany maybe later, but I'll touch on it yeah. now. Like when you, when you're in Germany and you're, the import player on your team there's there's nobody else really i was lucky to have um two other americans which were on one was on like an affiliate team 
and one was uh, on my team, like my teammate, but um, you feel really lonely, right? Like the time mm-hmm. difference, you don't really know what else to, to do with your time, really who you are, because you envision um, like a whole different experience when you go there, like you envision, like, you know, working out with your teammates, you envision like playing basketball, like all the time, you envision so many things, but you forget that the people who are from Germany also have jobs. They also have, uh, you know, work in school. Uh, But so when, when we have this like downtime, it's like, we don't do anything, but like a grocery shop. And then you try to reach out to your your um, friends and family back home, but there's like a nine nine hour time difference, right? Mm-hmm. So that year for me that I played over the over there was really um, testing for me because it, it it really made me feel like there was no purpose, like that I was going my whole life trying to reach this goal of playing professional basketball, but it wasn't like how I envisioned it to be. Although I was really, you know, proud to have uh, done it and be there and grateful mm-hmm. and whatnot, but um, I felt like Germany was where I felt like I could do more and mm-hmm. that I am more, right? Mm-hmm. So when I came back, you know, of course, uh, I came back from injuries. I don't know if you you know that, right? Mm-hmm. I tore both my calves, oh. and mm-hmm. um, so when I came back, I was still thinking like, oh, I really miss it because when you have like a lot of like camaraderie on your teams and you're able to fulfill this like competitive void that you have in your in your heart I guess um you really miss it when you don't have it mm-hmm. right and that to up to this point basketball was like all that I knew mm-hmm. like I didn't I wasn't in um, education I wasn't in special education or anything like that um so it was everything I I knew and then um I decided that you know, I was going to retrain and, and go back, but like things happen and I, I kept tearing my calves over and over again. And so I had to hang up the laces and mm. um, not pursue that dream anymore, but I needed to find another way to create impact, right? Mm. And I was like, how can I transfer these skills or my knowledge over to the next generation? If I can't do it, somebody else can type of thing. And so I decided after working a little bit, I was just like, I need to do something. So I decided to uh, start a nonprofit and be able to, you know, run uh, basketball camps uh, for free for, for kids, being able to, you know, um, bridge or, or connect the community more because uh, it felt uh, before, I think before the last few years, it felt really disconnected. Like everybody mm-hmm. was just kind of competing against each other, like which program mm-hmm. could get more clients or um, right. which program was better. And, you know, there are only a few, which cost a lot, mm-hmm. right? And so I had to do that. And um, through this process, I was really mentally checking in with myself all the time. Like, where are you at? Are you still wanting to play? Are you still wanting to do all these things? And I did, I really did. So mm-hmm. like, I really had to force myself to stay busy, to do other things and to create the greatest impact I could in order to forget mm. about like um, what I was feeling and what I was thinking. And I would journal a lot. I actually created like a separate Instagram, which is like private and only for me, mm-hmm. where I would uh, document uh, parts of my journey where uh, I felt I needed to mm-hmm. and that I really need to like come to terms with. And I felt like um, I really had to uh, like talk about these things with myself. Like, I'm like, I'm like really upset right now because no, I feel I- like 
I can I feel I can feel the feelings I felt before. Yeah. Thank you, know? you for sharing with us. No, it's okay. Um, but then um, I wrote all these things down and I would read them over and over again and I would edit them. And mm -hmm. so that really helped me like flesh out what I felt. And, for sure. But um, recently, recently, I feel like I still really miss it. Like I really want to play, especially mm -hmm. with the pandemic and everything. And not being able to completely, I yeah. feel like, damn, I really missed it. I, I was actually like, it crossed my mind where I was like, maybe I'm going to go like join some like elite team. I'm going to retrain and do it. But you know, my body's old now. I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's, well, there's how I kind of like fought to really better my mental health or like get a hold of it. Right. Because totally. as an athlete, you're totally lost, like completely lost without it yeah no that's huge like you've definitely shared some of those tools and um sounds like you were even able to sort of take that that competitiveness from from the court and make it like the competitiveness in in the sense of your impact like i'm gonna make yeah. the greatest impact i possibly can and and that's awesome that's, that's yeah that's inspiring definitely mm -hmm. thanks yeah so kind of i guess similar similar topic but still a little moving on when did you realize that you had the opportunity to both go further from high school, I guess, to university and then on to pro, like, cause it's, it's, I feel like for so many athletes, it's a dream obviously. And it's something you, you think about as soon as you pick up your ball or put on your cleats or your shoes. Um, but when did you really believe that that was, that was possible for you? Um, when I believed it was when in elementary school, I, I wow. you know, as an elementary school, um, athlete, like I was actually a track athlete, um, Okay. Before in elementary school, and yeah, I don't know, you probably could see why Kavita. Yeah, yeah no, <laughs> definitely. She moved up that court real fast. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I thought that I was going to go to the Olympics to run in track because I was actually very fast in elementary school and I would race all the guys every recess and lunch, every opportunity I had, right? But um, when let me let me direct this question back to you. What do you think happened for me to play pro? I think a lot of people think that, like, I just played so well and somebody just mm, fucked me up. Yes. Mm -hmm. Something like that. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, I, it's, I feel like that's, like, the narrative out there. I'm not sure. No, that's, a, that's exactly, I think, why we wanted to ask you this, too, because the common, I think, understanding of how you continue to elevate is by being recruited, right? So, um, yeah, no, that'd be cool. Let, bring, us, bring some light on that. I will. So because I missed it so much after university, I was like maybe six months or a year out of uh, university, finished playing. And uh, I decided to go to a combine. So a combine, <laughs> it's where you, you um, apply to uh, play in like a tournament or a camp or whatnot with athletes from all over the world, okay, mm -hmm. all over the world. And uh, this one was in Bonn, Germany, and uh, athletes came from all over. And basically, you know, you have a, a athletic resume. Uh, I picked up an uh, agent uh, that helped me, but I didn't like sign with them immediately because actually, uh, for your for your re listeners, um, picking an agent is a very complex thing. Mm -hmm. right it's you have to be very careful but uh, I did that and then I decided that I wanted to I enrolled in it and I decided that I was just going to fly out to Germany 
and playing this combine against all these American girls who wanted to um, mm. play professionally as well. And it was insane because there's people watching you mm-hmm. like just staring at mm. you the whole time and you're doing all these drills and then you're playing like games like three and three and then four and four and then five mm. on five with different groups like all the time mm-hmm. and you pay a fee to go with it to these combines and you pay your own flight right and so. everything and it's it's basically to you it's basically you investing in yourself to chase your dream 100%. right and I did that and it was such a crazy experience because we're talking cream of the crop there's a lot of good athletes out there and paying in Canada like unfortunately there aren't as many high caliber athletes that stayed in Canada right mm-hmm. uh, like to, and then for me to like go to Germany and see all these Amer- American athletes like come through and they were like insanely athletic insanely like just so good like we're talking d1 athletes mm-hmm. d2 athletes right yeah. and uh then if they like you, they basically they contact you and then they try to offer you some contracts through your um, through your agent mm-hmm. and then you get picked up. I wasn't picked up that way. I was actually recommended by one of the uh, friends there who did actually one of the uh, recruiters, I don't know, scouts, saw me there and asked one of my Canadian friends that was already over there about me and then they like mm-hmm. looked at all my resumes and everything and like looked at all these tapes and whatnot and then I was chosen right mm. but whether or not that like meant that I was like unbelievably skilled I don't know but uh it, it was it was something that felt like okay I don't know if I should do this because I don't know if it was a tr- true testament to my skill mm-hmm. or or if it was just somebody putting in a good word for me so I like felt like I really had to prove myself so I, I kept asking like the the um the like owner of the team and stuff I was like did you pick me because somebody just recommended me or did you and then they told me that they saw me they were really interested and stuff like that but that was how competitive I was I didn't want to hand out mm, you know right. I just like I wanted to do the, all this like I, I invested in my dream because I felt I could do it so if you're gonna pick me up because you're friends with somebody I didn't want it right yeah that's how crazy I was and so yeah that that's what happened that's how I got to play professionally in Germany I bought my own ticket. I <laughs> went to a combine and I put myself in the most high pressure situation possible to be like, if this is for me, I'm going to make it amongst the best, you know? Totally. No, that's huge. Um, and actually a great segue. Like, it, I mean, obviously huge amount of confidence, huge amount of investment. Um, but is there sort of advice you would share with uh, young girls or just teens in general um, who might be interested in, in pursuing playing professional basketball? I would say if you believe in yourself or if you're surrounded with people who do believe in you to go chase your dream, no matter what it is, right? Like I, I really believe that people uh, need to go out and earn um, things and really like take what's theirs kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, like, I can't even say that I was really confident going into it. I just knew that I had to do it. Otherwise I would regret it. Mm-hmm. But for people who want to do that, like, yeah, go for it. Make sure that you, you know, stay humble. Make sure that you show humility to people to help you along the way and make sure that, you know, when you do make it to give back, right? Mm. I, there's no real ad- advice. If you want to do it, do it. Do it. Right? <laughs> yeah, like- Nike commercial right, right here. <laughs> yeah, well, because, because- They're found like, the podcast. Not? Yeah, why not, right? A lot of people- end up like 
staying in the position that they're in and talking themselves out of something mm-hmm. before they even try it. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I'd rather, like, especially teenagers who want to do it, like go for it. You're, you know, you're young, you still like have a lot of different options. Like why not? Right. Totally. Don't talk yourself out of it. Like do it. Yeah. I think that, I think that transcends to like all night hoops players, like regardless if your dream is playing in university or pro, like whatever your dream is, go out and get it and go and do it. And Kavita and myself, we were talking uh, just in our pre-recording and we mentioned, we were talking about the the all-star game. We mentioned Fred Van Vliet and his thing is bet on yourself. And that's when you were talking about going to Germany and that's Mm. the entire vibe I was getting just that you bet on yourself. And you were able to just go out and work the hardest and be the comp- most competitive person you could be. Yeah, it's it's really complex, though. Um, you know, when I say those things, it's I mean, taking with a grain of salt because there is a an issue in especially the downtown east side or or uh, neighborhoods with kids who are um, who have less equity, mm-hmm. right? Like. Mm-hmm. People who are in specific circumstances don't have the confidence to believe in themselves, mm-hmm. right? So, so there's no actual, um, there might not be that drive to just be like, oh, I'm right. going to go do something. I believe in myself because they maybe were raised with nobody believing in them, yeah. right? And, and don't understand that there's the possibility of doing more. And yeah. that this is the, the whole kind of issue that, uh, that I find when I'm working with people in my foundation, just mm-hmm. thinking about kids and think about kids and if they actually um, understand what opportunities are out there and if they will in fact go and get it. Like currently with mm. my foundation, um, we're offering scholarships, right? To student athletes, yeah. like $2,000 scholarships and along with like physio sessions along with like swag and stuff just to support people um pursuing basketball in university right Mm -hmm. and it's all you got to do is write a letter give a letter of reference and apply how many people have applied ask me that yes please tell us none no exactly right so it's just like we have three scholarships six thousand dollars take it take it take it but nobody is doing because maybe there are people who don't believe I mean the deadline's not up yet but maybe people aren't confident that they will either get the scholarship Mm. or don't believe that they're going to be going to university I don't know what it is right Mm -hmm. but it's 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 catered to those who student athletes who need it so we're kind of moving towards our our wrap-up questions so we asked Cassidy this one um and I'm gonna kind of kind of call an audible here and so we asked him what's a, a basketball player or, or coach because he was a coach primarily that he could sit down and talk with so but if there's a basketball player or figure that like you know that that has a non-profit or has kind of an organization like yours who would you sit down with and talk to them about oh I don't know you, the the funny thing is that I actually don't watch the NBA or the WNBA. I don't watch any like uh, sports on TV. So I don't know much about that. But I do know that, you know, like, I don't know a lot of people who have like a nonprofit that is a athlete that is not like a professional athlete. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
So I wouldn't really, I wouldn't really know, but I don't watch like the NBA and WNBA because I end up like counting their stats. Like, oh, this person has a turnover and this, and it doesn't make it fun for me. So it's like point guard mentality, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I wouldn't know, Evan. That's a, a good question, but you know, I'll tell you my favorite players if you want. Like, Go for it. Yeah. The, the, the two goats, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant. That's there you it. go. There you go. That's it. Yeah. Um, so I guess it was just one more question before you go. Um, where do you go for regular dose of inspiration? It could be a social platform. It could be books. It could be a content series, could be your role models, but sort of, uh, what's a reliable source for you when you need inspiration? Um, I just, I mean, I, I love like when I'm on social media, I love like just looking at uh people share their stories and usually it's people who has had who have had like maybe a tough life or something and then Mm -hmm. have kind of turned it around but I find inspiration from from everywhere actually I find Mm. it from you know mentors who I've had I find it from um I'm not a big like a quote person but when I do read books and I read about some really fresh and unique ideas or somebody says something really eloquently um like in an autobiography or something like you know I'll take note of it but I'm not like a real like you know uh I came I saw a conquered tech thing like I'm not a person that really is into the cliches um but yeah, from, from all over, Kavita, like Amber Hall was somebody who I was really inspired by. She was mm-hmm. a professional athlete that uh, went to the WNBA and she graduated from my um, high school, Britannia. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm inspired, yeah, I'm just inspired by people's stories in general, right? I like mm-hmm. hearing about different things. I like how hearing about people overcome um, whatever it is that their obstacle is and mm-hmm. hearing that, you know, they've learned from something. Just everywhere literally i love it is there any um last words or anything that you would want to share before we close out do you want me to throw in like the i came i saw a conquered type thing (laughs) 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 no you get to be authentic (laughs) no i mean i don't really have anything just like if i were to inspire anybody to you know, go chase their dreams. Like literally all I would say is just, just go do it. Like you'll, you'll figure it out kind of, and people will help you along the way. Make sure you ask if you, if you need it and stay humble. Like mm-hmm. if you're not humble, people don't want to help you period. Right. If you're not authentic, people don't want to help you. And, you know, especially um, these days where we're feeling extra like isolated, mm-hmm. you know, people need to um, find ways to have social interactions so that so that when they do have the in-person interactions it's not like awkward or they come off as like really egotistical or weird you know mm-hmm. um but yeah just go for it literally love it amazing well, well we... thank you so much like yeah thank you for coming on and taking time of your day we don't want to take up your whole morning here but yeah thank good. you so much no problem thanks for having me it was really fun Thank you, Jen. It was so awesome to get to reconnect with you over this little podcast. And thank you for opening up and and sharing um, from the deepest part of your heart uh, about your journey. We appreciate it.
Yeah, good luck with everything. I, I really think that um, your podcast is going to have a lot of impact with people uh, on people. And I hope that, you know, Night Hoops gets brought to light. Like people need to know about Night Hoops, especially Vancouver. 100%. Yes. And they need to know about day one basketball. Thanks, Evan. <laughs> <laughs> that was Jennifer Ju of Day One Basketball. Thank you, everybody, for listening to our second episode. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, stay tuned for our next one coming out. And like we mentioned in the beginning, let us know if there's anything you want to hear on this platform. And have a great night.